one of the um, questions that was upvoted highly last week on the uh, community tab of the channel was by Susan P. And it asked the question, what do you do if your parents are mentally ill and you were raised in an environment where you were lied to and had the truth withheld from you and you were gaslit? And then you wake up one day and you find that you're unable to make choices. How can you start to learn to make choices? I find this a fascinating question. It's a question that I've had to try to sort of wrestle with um, in my own life. And a lot of my clients have to as well. How do I make choices? How do I even want what I want has been um, a regular thing that's come up. So I think in the way that we encapsulate the problem, we'll point to the solution. Slavoj Žižek says, it's the job of philosophers to ask good questions, not provide answers. Well, I'm not a philosopher, but I think I have a philosophical leaning and I always try and ask a good question and then formulate answers from that. So if you were raised in an environment where your leaders, your parents, let's reframe it now, so we restate it, your leaders, your role models, your protectors, the people who provided the very ideological soup that you swam in on a daily basis as you were forming and learning about life were hamstringing you at the same time as they're supposed to help you to grow and they're actually hamstringing you and making it harder for you to individuate because your parents are supposed to provide an environment in which you can grow, healthy ego boundaries, separate from them, individuate and grow up and function in the world, right? But they're not. They're actually gaslighting you, lying to you, holding you back and hamstringing you because they have their own issues. So here's a problem. You don't have good role models. Here's a problem because you don't have, you didn't have decent parents growing up. There's now parts of your personality that won't function properly. There's parts of your character that won't work properly because you internalize your parents. And then you use those internalized parents to guide you through life. You don't have that. So how do we heal from that? Well, the first thing to do is to realize that that's there. You need, so there's two, two problems I just gave you. So you need role models. You've got to consciously choose role models as an adult. You've got to consciously make an effort to say, this is a good person, that's a good person, that's a good person. Why? What elements of how they are, who they are, and how they operate in the world can I model and work like? So let's on the fly create an exercise for this. You could take a pen and a piece of paper and you could name four or five women and four or five men it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man if you're doing this, who you have admired in your life or who you would want as a parent or who you would want as a coach or a role model or a leader in your life. Write them down. They could be famous. They could even be fictional. It doesn't really matter because it's only about what the unconscious is thirsting for now. Then you could write down some of the attributes that those persons have. Kindness, love, strength, assertiveness, Whatever it is that you're attracted to, that's probably what you feel like you're missing the most inside of yourself. Once you've written that out and you've written down their attributes, the attributes that you feel that you're missing, you can start to consciously try to build an inner parent inside of you. So there's a lot of different linguistic models framing this principle in psychology. In transactional analysis, they would say parent. 
in Freudian uh, psychoanalysis, it would be superego. Everybody knows about inner child. Everybody's chatting inner child. Let's, let's chat inner parent. Let's just say inner parent. Though you should have two pillars inside of you, mummy pillar and a daddy pillar inside of you. So the mummy bear and the daddy bear and the porridge was just right. Um, two sort of entities, two guides inside of you, mother and father, that are supposed to guide you through life. So you want to either create a conglomerate male figure and a conglomerate female figure, or you want to choose a male figure and a female figure, and you need to internalize them. And what people do unconsciously, if they're neurotypical and they were not raised in adverse childhood environments and they don't have CPTSD or complex post-traumatic response, CPTSR, whichever you prefer, they actually do talk to those parts. Oh, there's another uh, therapeutic modality called parts therapy. So they would talk uh, to those parts. Talk is probably the, a little bit misleading. There would be an internal unconscious communication between the ego and those parts as to what to do. They would experience the presence of those parts naturally and unconsciously. You perhaps don't. I perhaps didn't. We all who were raised in environments where parents were violent, uh, psychologically and emotionally abusive, bullying, tyrannical, totalitarian, um, demanding, narcissistic, psychopathic, criminal, physically abusive, sexually abusive, addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, whatever it was, um, we have to rebuild that part of ourselves. It needs to be understood you are supposed to have inner parents and you need them. So is it possible as an adult to artificially internalize inner parents that you didn't get in childhood? Yes. Does it work good? Well, no. <laughs> like a lot of therapy or a lot of healing, you know, like surgery or anything. It's better if it just happens naturally. It's better if your body doesn't get injured. It's better, like I'm dealing with an ACL injury at the moment and I tore a bit of my femur off when I snapped the ACL and they drilled into the bone and it's taking a while to recover, but it will recover, but it's artificial. So is it good? Well, it's better than nothing. It's better than walking around with a knee that doesn't work, but right now I've had to have pretty extensive surgery on it and now I'm walking around in a brace with crutches which then brings its own problems. So is it good? No. Is it better than nothing? You're damn right it is. So the same with this. Is it, is it, is it good? No, not really. It'd be better if your parents weren't dickheads. But as they say in Spanish, es lo que hay. It is what it is. Es lo que hay. And you just have to deal with it because that's where you're at. I just have to deal with it because that's where I'm at. So how do we do it? So you find people who you think are admirable, you list the attributes. If you're emotionally attached to them, if you're emotionally drawn to these people or fascinated by them, ask yourself why, get curious, what is it? Oh, I never had a father figure who could manifest um, any kind of loving tenderness towards me. Probably because he didn't really like me. Probably because he wanted me to die. <laughs> I can only say that and laugh because, sorry, I shouldn't, shouldn't laugh about these things, but um, 
I was listening to a Sam Batman video yesterday, and he was talking about the the uh, the development process of a narcissist, and he said, you know, they're like narcissists are perpetually sad children, and I was like, oh, I'd never heard this interview before, and I was like, wow, about a year ago, I started talking about the sad baby archetype of people with CPTSR, people with codependency issues. Well, it makes sense if you're raised in an abusive environment as a child, you're going to be sad. The part of you that is a child is going to be a sad child because it's not nice to be abused. Children need love. And if, and Sam said this, and I think it's, it's true, for a narcissist, the message that was received from mother is, I want you to die. I want to crush you into non-existence. I want you to be dead. Not only are you not loved, I wish you weren't here at all. It would be better for me if you weren't alive. This is a brutally painful thing for a child to intuit. They never verbally get that. They're never verbally going, oh, mama wishes that it was a non-existent entity. They're never going to do that. Unfortunately, they wouldn't have the, the boundaries and the clarity to be able to make that assessment. They just feel it. And it's a terrible pain. And it's a terrible burden. And it leaves people very, very sad for the rest of their lives, unless there is work done on it, unless there is healing done. Is it good? No, it's artificial. And you're doing it in adulthood. You're now going to try and resolve childhood issues. You needed your mum and your dad to cuddle you and to love you, right? And you needed that when you were, you'd like it now, if you had different parents and they were cuddly and lovely, you'd love it now, it would feel great. Imagine how much better it would have felt as a child. The fact that they, that you, didn't have that makes you sad now. Imagine how fucking full of despair and despondency and just terror you would have felt as a child. So is it good? No, because you're now watching a fucking YouTube video about it, hoping that you'll get some scrap of something from some guy sat on a couch somewhere. Is it good? No. <laughs> is it better than nothing? Yes, it's better than nothing. So you list the attributes and then you take them and then you seek to internalize them. How do you do that? You're gonna to have to basically brainwash yourself, hypnotize yourself into communicating falsely with a loving father entity, with a loving mother entity at the internal level. And then you're gonna to have to brainwash yourself, hypnotize yourself into role-playing with yourself that a loving mother or a loving father is with you and guiding you through stuff. Maybe that's why people get so into Christianity. The father is with me. God is with me. Yeah, your dad wasn't. So now you need bad man Jehovah. <laughs> bad, bad, nasty desert warrior God. <laughs> so it's a joke. I'm just kidding. Um, Maybe that's why, maybe that's one of the things that draws people to religion is trying to resolve this part, this sense that there could be some loving, watching entity. And that's what parents do with their children, they watch them. You notice that? Kids look at you, kids look at their parents, they look at the adults in the environment to see if they're watching them. And if they're not, what does the kid say? Look at me, daddy, look at me. Look at me, mommy, look at me. They want to be watched. We dream of a God that is an all-seeing eye. We dream of a goddess that watches us at all times. That's a, a child's fantasy. To be seen, to be observed by a loving God 
a loving goddess, a caring god, a caring goddess. That's what we're hoping for. I think that's what a lot of religions are based on. There's a desire to be seen by big mom, big, big mama or big papa or both. Um, name them. Any religion has an element of that. The gods and goddesses are above us. You know who else was above us? The adults. When we were little kids, we'd look up as small children at these all-powerful beings who existed in some other realm. They could drive cars. They could go to a thing called the supermarket. They could buy as much ice cream as they wanted without limits. It was incredible. And as a child, you'd sit there and be like, why don't they just eat ice cream all the time? Why? It's a... They're living in an alternate reality that we aspire to. We'd be like, later in life, I'll get there. Later in life, I'll ascend to being one of them. And then you get there and it sucks. And then you're depressed. I ascended to my own godhood and now I'm depressed. <laughs> I don't want to buy ice cream all the time. I wish I did. Because then it would be awesome. So you've got to try and internalize that. You've got to try and make that a part of who you are. Um, and it needs to be friendly. Sounds fairly straightforward and fairly simple. I wish that it was. If you have CPTSD and you're struggling through cycling through emotional flashbacks, your body, your brain is going to fight you trying to re-internalize a good mummy, a good daddy, good parent. If you have CPTSD or CPTSR and you have an inflamed superego because CPTSD manifests as emotional flashbacks, and an inflamed superego, a highly toxic superego that manifests as an inner and outer critic. It's extremely critical of other people, other situations, and it's extremely critical of you. As soon as you, that's actually, that uh, inner critic is actually supposed to be the internalized good mother, good father, or good enough mother, good enough father, sending you messages down from on high. Oh, I am Abraham. Sending you messages down from on high called interjects. You're good. You're a good kid. You, did you do that? Is that what you did? That's clever. I don't think I could do that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that what you did? Well done. Well done. You're doing good. You're doing okay, kid. Keep doing that thing. That thing that you're doing, that's a good thing. You're doing okay, kid. Keep going. Oh, it's scary. Well, you know, some things in life are scary. What do we do when we're scared? Okay, this is what we do when we're scared, right? Okay, so we have a plan when we're scared. Yeah, because everything's going to be okay, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm here, aren't I? Yeah, I'm here. And whilst I'm here, everything's going to be okay, isn't it? Yes, because, because I'm all powerful, or at least I am to you. You think I'm invincible and indestructible. So in your reality, I'm invincible and indestructible. You're basically sat with God. And if you don't have that, you're godless. <sighs> so we have to deal with the emotional flashbacks. You've got to reduce them completely. I have a free course available on the website called Stop Emotional Flashbacks. It takes about a month to wrap your head around it and to get it done, but it will reduce your emotional flashbacks and it will allow you to play with this and experiment with it. You do also need, if, if you try and do it and you get a lot of internal resistance and a voice going, this is stupid. The guy on YouTube is stupid. Psychology stupid. There's no internal parent. He mentioned religion. Religion is bad. There is no God. No, 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 no. That's your uh, inner critic, by the way. That's my mature impression of your inner critic. No, 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 no. Because that's all an inner critic can do. 
has no imagination, has no creativity and no love. It just repeats negative bullshit. <laughs> Same thing every day. It's a repetitive loop. So if you have to battle with that, then again, you're not going to be able to play with this and, and internalize good inner parents. It's going to be impossible. So you have to heal that first. I have a course today and that's called Heal the Superego. People tell me it's good. I believe it's good. I saw it after I did it and I beheld my works and I said, this is good. Then you're moving on to how to make choices. You asked how to make choices. And I reframed that as how do I want what I want? How do I learn to want what it is that I want? Because you can only make choices if you know what you want. You can only make choices and want what you want if there is a you there. Huh? So if this is a big problem in your life and your parents were severely mentally ill, very abusive, you experienced a lot of gaslighting, what you will do will be a codependent response. You will erase yourself. This is part of a pronounced fawning response in the fawn, fight, freeze, flight spectrum. If you want to know more about that, you can go to my YouTube channel called Fortress Mental Health Protection System, which lays it all out very simply and very, in a very straightforward way. If you've deleted yourself, which is what narcissistic parents would want you to do, because a narcissistic psychopathic parent would want you dead, so your way of compromising is to be like, okay, I'll pretend I don't exist, which amounts to the same thing, and I'll just sort of inhabit my life like a ghost. I'll erase myself. From that position of codependency where you've erased yourself as a survival mechanism, not that you chose to, but you were forced to by a narcissistic or psychopathic parent, the self becomes very small, it becomes very, very frail, and we have to call it back into being before we can want what we want, before we can start making choices for ourselves. Calling the self back into being is not easy. Um, it sounds wispy and woo, but it's actually very, very straightforward. Uh, if you wanted my advice on how to do it, I can give you the advice, but I know that 99% of people won't follow it. Every day for a set period of time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, it's kind of arbitrary really, but for a period of time, it definitely should be for 30 days or longer. You would want to be writing down who you are, what you stand for and what you want. And at first this will feel strange and it will feel weird. But over time, the unconscious will adapt to it and it will learn that this is a good thing. So I just ran a 30 day challenge. And the essence of the challenge was like, that's what we're doing for 30 days. You're going to tell me, and you're gonna write it down, like physically write it with a pen and a piece of paper. You weren't allowed to use Word documents or anything. You take a picture of it with your smartphone and you share it in the group. So you write down who you are, like what your core values are, what you want, any goals you've had in life, any intentions you've had, what, what you'd like to, to do with your life and why you would wanna do it, and then how you feel about it emotionally. Fairly straightforward stuff. Emotional literacy, but done on bad things and on good things. Emotional literacy for good things you do want in your life. I want to run a business selling funny t-shirts with dogs on. Okay, why? How does it make you feel? If you imagine going into the future and you have that business and you're selling t-shirts with funny dogs on, how does it make you feel? It makes me feel like I'm contributing. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel excited to get up every day, whatever it is, right? You write that down and then you share it with a group. The group becomes the I. 
The group becomes the all-seeing eye. The group becomes the witness that mummy and daddy should have been, but we're not. So what we need in order to grow is a benevolent, benevolent, a benevolent adult next to us going, what are you doing? That's good. Okay, I like that. Yep, good. Yeah, keep going. We're going. Yeah, go on, do that then. Yep, yep. Yep, go on. Yep, it's great. Keep going. Yep, yep, go on, do that. Just all the time. Now, you might go, what the fuck are you talking about? Think about how we evolved. If I live in a harsh environment and I'm a fisherman and I want my son to be a fisherman, how many hours a day do you think I'm going to spend with him? How much time do you think I'm going to spend talking to him just like that? Just like that. Yep, that's how you tie the net. Yep, that's it. Nope, don't put your oar in there. Nope, nope, you scared the fish away. Don't do it like that. Do it like this. Yep, okay, that's it. Good. Yep, good, good. Or I'm going to learn something from mum. I'm going to sit with her for hours while she does that. There won't be any major psychological like, oh, she's going to say this. She's going to validate my blah. She's going to be duh. some complex fucking psychoanalytic thing. She's just going to be present whilst I'm learning to do a thing or doing a thing, observing me, witnessing me. This is when you're a child. This is important, which none of us are. So it's kind of like closed gate, horse already bolted. Is it good? No, it's shit. Is it better than nothing? Hell yes, it's better than nothing. You need somebody there witnessing you. So now you have to artificially witness you. In these accountability groups, I don't know if you can, like, I, I will run accountability groups. I'll run a few this year because that last one went really, really well. But any of you can do this. Just do it for free. Just hook up uh, through, I don't know, through YouTube comments or, or wherever you go online. And just be like, okay, there's four or five of us. This is what we're going to do for 30 days. And we're going to show each other the work and see how it goes. You need to be witnessed doing it. And you need to, you won't know how powerful it is until you've written it down. This is who I am. These are my values. This is what I want. Hmm. This is how it makes me feel. Huh. I, wrote, I wrote it down. Oh, that's interesting. I feel a certain way now I wrote it down. Oh, I feel good. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I don't really know why. Never mind. I'm going to do what I was supposed to do. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to share it with the group. You then share it with the group. And then you get messages back going, that's good. That's interesting. I might use that. I might do that. I might da 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 And then you're getting feedback from the environment about parts of you that were always internal. The feedback that you're getting is positive. It's like, that's really, really good. So in a way, we can replicate what we were not given but it's not ever going to be anywhere near as good as having had the real experience. It's just better than nothing. So you summon in this way, this is what I would call summoning the being, summoning yourself back into existence, summoning yourself back into being, instead of being hidden and far and like crouching in the darkness of a cave going, oh my God, I hope nobody sees me. You start to speak, you start to talk, you stand up and you say, hey, this is who I am and this is what I want. You're waiting to get smacked for that. Because if you had narcissistic, psychopathic parents, your expression of your existence, any of your choices would have been punished. You would have been hamstrung for that because they would have seen it as a defiance, as a, uh, it would have been a cause of narcissistic injury. That's how hypersensitive narcissists and psychopaths are. So you're going to express it. You won't be punished for it. In fact, you'll be reinforced. You'll be rewarded for it and get positive reinforcement for it. And then you do it again. And then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. And after 30 days, 
you're feeling very, very different about yourself. You're feeling like a different human being. You can make choices when you know what you want and you can know what you want when you are allowed to exist. If you're not given permission to exist, none of this can happen. I hope that was useful. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for your time and your attention. If you enjoyed this, you can subscribe here. You can get more information from this PDF here and you can watch another video about a similar topic here. Stay grateful for everything that you do already have. Thank you.